Hello, everybody, and welcome to Grand Slam KBO, our weekly podcast on the Korean Baseball League. This is week 12 for us, and on this show, we'll be looking at umpire controversies and blown calls after a difficult weekend for the officials at Gochak Skydome. There's hysterical reactions to Kia Tigers' terrible bullpen and the 10th edition of Grand Slam KBO Hall of Fame. We're all on social media, at Grand Slam KBO and at Chimek Baseball. Check out our YouTube channel for more videos and content on the Korean Baseball League. My name is Andrew Farrell, and for the second week in a row, we are Bradless as Messrs. Hyder and Danae are engaged, but Matthew Kerr is back on the show again. Hi, Matthew. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. Recording this on a Monday. Um, you're, you're back to work after your, your Korean uh, summer vacation. Uh, if you could call it that. Some rained out <laughs> for half the week, and then um, all of my plans got scuppered by a COVID spike. So... Yeah, that, that's a thing that happened. You, you had a bit of an eventful week as well. You went on ESPN. I was going to join you, but COVID um, kind of persuaded me that it wasn't worth risking mine and my wife's health just to go and be on TV. Yeah, be on TV for about 16 minutes, maybe. Um, yeah, that was our that was our second time. Man, I, you, you, I know you watched the, the telecast as well. It was slightly different um, content to the last time. Like, as you remember, the last time they asked us about Chimac and cheerleaders and a lot of kind of fun stuff. But this time they actually wanted some information on uh, bullpens, uh, the NC Dinos, the KT Wiz. And they asked me who my favorite player was. And I was really happy that I got to say Najiwan. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't bring up the Soju story, though. That fan I, falling from the outfield. I know. And I was trying to... that, that is a legendary moment that they need to be aware of. Everyone yeah. needs to know about that. Just him looking down at this comatose <laughs> body in the outfield, just saying, what am I supposed to do with this? Eat it? I don't know. Yeah, yeah it was great. Like, they, they did kind of catch me off guard a little bit with it. But um, and, like, I, I think like most people who go on to that sort of a show will say, from a Tigers point of view, maybe Yang Yang Zhang or from Lotte, Lotte Giants, maybe Ide Ho, Pak Young Tech. I was going to feel that Najiwan is a... Um, a different type of an answer, but also they probably had no idea who was, maybe they had no idea who I was talking about. I have no idea. There were, certainly there were no follow-up questions to Najiwan. <laughs> um, uh, who did you end up picking for fifth in the playoff race? I don't remember. I just remember that on Twitter, I disagreed with you and said that KT would end up nipping it from both of our teams. I thought it'd be, I said, I think I went with Lote in the end, just ahead of the Tigers and KT, because perhaps KT just don't have the depth, but there's no team, I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I get the feeling that over the course of August, there's no team that seems to be putting together um, as many wins as they are, or as many runs of form as they are too. So at the moment, it looks like KT, but with 60-odd games to go, um, I, I just get the feeling they'll fall a little bit short. Mm, fair enough. I'm still thinking Casey will probably nip it, but mm. who knows? We could see a downturn in either Doosan or LG and have one of them drop out and see another one go up. That'd be nice. It'd be nice if Doosan dropped out. It's hard to see, but it'd be nice if, if Doosan took some time off. Um, <laughs> we might as well bring in our special guest. And this seems like a really um, appropriate time to do so because he's um, showing his dog to our camera. Unfortunately, uh, this, this is not a, a video one. This is audio only. Mr. Rob Smith of Guangzhou FM. 
and my KBO fame for ranting incessantly about uh, the Kia Tigers players that he doesn't like. Yeah, I may be the most the angriest person on the uh, my KBO Facebook page. It's it's quite possible, <laughs> especially about your own team too. Oh yeah, in general, it's just it. My anger directly correlates with Kia's success. So if, if they're having a great week, it's it's going to be all you know rainbows and and sunshine. But uh, based on this past week, there there were certainly a few angry rants on there uh, and a, and a couple of healthy debates that were emotionally charged to say the least. <laughs> I think the, so. Perfectly normal discourse then. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, the, the the game thread for Sunday's games on my KBO seemed to be dominated by myself and yourself, Rob. Just wondering um, who was going to be the, the the next Kia Tigers bullpen pitcher to to blow a game, and we were almost proved correct yet again. We'll get we'll yep. get onto that in a second. How long have you been in Korea? And how long have you been supporting this uh, Kia Tigers baseball team? Uh, I moved to Korea in two thousand and four. And I was a very, very loose fan of Kia for my first probably three years. I barely followed the team. Um, they were at the old Mudung Stadium back in those days. I think I went to like a couple of games, maybe in my first couple of years. Um, and I'd say probably around 2007, 2008 is when I started uh, watching them on TV a, a lot more. Uh, and then obviously, uh, 2009 was was a very big year for for all Kia fans because uh, that's the year that they had Chae Sup raking and uh, the other guy that that is now disgraced <laughs> in the KBO who we cannot name. Uh, they were their their sort of like one two punch yeah, offensively oh, tugboat. Okay. Yes, the guy that uh, got caught doing naughty things to himself. Um, so those were their two offensive stars that year. And uh, they had Lopez pitching. Uh, he was really good that year. And that's, of course, the year that uh, Najee Wan became the, the young legend when he hit the, uh, the walk-off home run uh, in Game 7 at Jamshil. I find so, it uh, hard to imagine Najee Wan ever being young. He just seems I, like he came into being at this age and has just always been this angry, agitated-looking guy. <laughs> He was a young chubby baby back in those days. If you if you see the video, yeah, the bawling his eyes out, crying for about twenty minutes. They did the post game telecast. Just seemed to feature uh, <laughs> Najiwan crying and Chase up following him around the field, trying to get another hug in there. Nobody else yep. was allowed to to hug Najiwan that day apart from Chase up. But it, it was it's a funny it's a funny video. And I saw Jay Young, E. John Baum, of course, back then. Like you saw some of these players who were good for the Tigers and they've now since retired and we've had we've had one championship win since then um, which was another good season but by and large uh, I was kind of looking at this today before you came on um, Kia almost always have a poor season and yet twice in your 17 years here they managed to put together two championship winning seasons that came out of nowhere because they did nothing before after those seasons but it's, yeah. when you look at Matthew sitting here and anybody listening to this who's an LG Twins fan or Hanu Eagles fan, they would kill for that, those type of nights out that we had. But they're, they're, they're really one-off. They're, they're actually quite fluky when you, when you look back on what they did before and after that. Yeah, the 09, the, the I've lived in Guangzhou my entire time. But that weekend for Game 6 and Game 7, I was actually in Seoul. And we got tickets to Game 6. Uh, 
and I was in Jamshil and they lost. Uh, and the next day was the, uh, the Cotisel conference that I was supposed to attend. And we were literally sitting in the opening ceremony and my buddy messaged me and he's like, Hey, you're going to watch game seven. I'm like, of course it's on. I, I made the mistake of thinking that it started at 5 PM. And he's like, no, no, the game starts at two. And this was like around the opening ceremony was I think between 11 and noon or something like that. And uh, me and about five buddies, I, I, I spread the word quickly. I'm like, Hey guys, the game actually starts at like two o'clock. And so we, we literally watched the opening ceremony of, of the Cotisel and booked it for the exits and, and went to Itaewon to uh, one of the watering holes and, and watched, uh, watched game seven all afternoon. So, uh, and, it, and it was crazy because we walked into this bar and no one was interested because it was, it was Kia versus SK yeah. and nobody, nobody really cared. They had like some other bizarre random sport on and we were like, where, where is, you know, the KBO championship? And then we had to get them to change the channel. And, uh, yeah, for the next, like, it was probably a five-hour game because that was a that was a wild game that Kia was. was down like what five yeah. or six runs or something and down that game, yeah. and and ended mm -hmm. up coming back. Um, so uh, we were there all afternoon and uh, had quite a few adult beverages, obviously, and uh, had had a great great one of those all-time sports moments where when he hit that that home run to walk it off the whole table just, just goes nuts and we're all hugging each other and the rest of the bar is looking at us like, we're like who, who are these clowns, you know? <laughs> but uh, we were a bunch, of Guang, a, Guangzhou, a bunch of Guangzhou boys celebrating in Itaewon that night. So uh, it was uh, one, of a, one of those great Korean memories for sure. Cool. Good stuff. Um, we'll get back on to a little bit more about the Tigers and their miserable week when they lost 5-1-1. A little bit later on, there are some games on now. So whatever we say in relation to the current KBO standings might be out of date by the time that this podcast goes out. But as we were mentioning this a little bit earlier on there, um, when Matthew brought up the the issue of who's going to finish fifth, um, the KT Wiz are currently sitting in fifth spot at the moment, just ahead of Matthew's Lotte Giants. The Tigers, who at one point at the beginning of this month were sitting in third spot. Clearly they had no business being there are now back then <laughs> seventh. And I would I would put it to you guys that um, I I don't think Samsung seven seven games back from a five hundred record. They're not in particularly good form at the moment. Do you think it's time that we can write off the bottom three teams uh, for potentially making the playoff run? Do we think Samsung Lions are going to join Hanwa and SK at sitting it out from here on in? Uh, they don't seem to be putting the results together against the teams that are pushing for those playoff spots right now. So they just lost convincingly against Lotte in two games. They had a difficult time against Doosan and LG before. Whatever uptick in form they had before just seems to have disappeared somewhere. There's something yeah, they, missing, and I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, Samsung, they were playing really good baseball like a month and a half, two months ago, and just quietly fell off the radar and have been plummeting down the standings ever since. Yeah. And it doesn't get easier because they, they host LG for a couple this week. Um, and then actually, well, then they, they go to Dejan, so they should have two freebies against them. And then, and then, and then they are on the road uh, at the dome against Kiwoom. So, I mean, this upcoming week, four of six are pretty tough games. So I, I don't see them in the short term, 
doing much and making a run. And uh, yeah, it's strange because yeah, they were they were right neck and neck with Kia about a month ago and, and have really, really fallen down the, the table for sure. Well, that's the thing. You say that it should be a freebie against Hanwar. I'm not actually convinced right now because Hanwar are giving LG hell at the moment. It's like they beat them yesterday. They're winning right now at time of recording 2-1 and they've got two guys on with nobody out. Hmm. Is low yeah. And so, yeah, just went that way. And Samsung split the series with SK earlier in, in the week. So I don't know, like they may even struggle against Hamwa at this point. Yeah. Something you said to me there during the week, I don't know if it was this week, um, sorry, last week, Rob, we were talking about Lotte had kind of picked up a little bit of form this month um, when the Tigers were beginning to slip a little bit. Um, and we both kind of came to the same conclusion then that Lotte would probably just fall back a little bit again, that, that maybe this, the form that they're on is not representative of how good they really are. Um, is that I mean, your that... opinion currently? Do you think Lotte have a very, very serious chance of finishing top five or even higher than that? I, I would say Matthew is much better equipped to, to answer that and analyze his own team than me. It's my, my opinion of Lotte is just essentially based on their historical failures over the last few years <laughs> where, where they, they sort of tease their fans into thinking that they're, they're good and they're going to turn the corner and go on a run. And then a couple of weeks later, they'll, they'll lose, you know, six of seven and, and fall back to where they, they were before. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird because at the start of the year, that, that offense looked scary good. Like mm. that, their top six or seven guys all look like legit hitters. And I'm, I'm, we, we talked at the time, because remember they were like in first place or something after the first week or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone said, yeah. and I said at the time, if they can just get some half-decent starting pitching, um, they should be able to, to knock on the door of the playoffs. And I mean, I guess Matthew would know better than me that I guess their starting pitching, other than Straley, hasn't really done too much. Is that a fair fair assessment? Like surprisingly, the starting pitching's done more than I thought it would. Like my boy No Gyeong In has been a legend this season. <laughs> You're, you got um, you you love that guy. <laughs> tell you what, I too was a doubter. I didn't believe in No Gyeong In and his power to just defy time on the level of Julio Franco. I swear that he does a séance with him every day or something. And then just channels that divine energy into his games. Like whatever he does, it's working. Like he Lotte didn't even pick him up last season. They let him sit and go to Geelong, Australia. Or Geelong Korea for a season. ERA like over five or something. Like it's not very good. Not very good. But bear in mind, when he was getting paid like sixty thousand a year, which is pennies for a starting pitcher, he was pitching better than some of the foreign pitchers in the league. Like, he ended up pitching, what was it, a 4.3, 4.5 ERA for the season two years ago. And he's on pace to do that again this year. Like, had he been in Lotte's lineup last year, they may have avoided being, like, down in the basement. Um, Good, so we can can definitely get on to Lotte in a bit. We had a good chat about them last week as well. We might um, we might pick up a, a Lotte 
fans sometime soon and, and get their thoughts on it. We'll get back onto the Tigers later on. There's plenty to say on that too from uh, disgruntled Rob Smith. But before we get before we move on to that, let's just have a, a quick Before chat. we do that, I do want to say yeah. one thing though. Starting pitching, better than I thought, but what let Lotte down for most of their losses this season? Run support. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they seem to be picking that up now. Um, Apparently. I'm done. Bad, Carry on. <laughs> yeah, bad weekend for KBO umpires, and I'm talking specifically about the Gochak Skydome and the Kiem Heroes hosted the Kia Tigers at the weekend. Again, Ooh. that one was probably decided on an awful call in the eighth inning with the Tigers 3-0 up on Saturday. And then more controversy on Sunday as Kia's manager, Matt Williams, was ejected from the game. Um, I'll let you fill in the details here, uh, Rob, for anybody listening to this who didn't get to see all of this. Can you tell us exactly what happened first off on Saturday? So on Saturday, uh, relief pitcher Jang Hyung Shik, who was recently acquired from uh, the NC Dinos in a trade, um, who uh, he, he came in in relief in, it was the eighth inning, right? Bottom of the eighth. Yeah. And I believe he, rec- uh, he retired the first batter that he faced. So there was nobody on. Uh, and then the Kiwoom number three hitter, Lee Jong-Hoo, came to the plate, who we all know is one of the best hitters in the league, which pains me to say that because we wish he was a Kia Tiger and he's not. And uh, he, he crushed one to, to deep center field. And Kim Ho-ryong, who didn't start the game, who was specifically brought in in the eighth inning to be a defensive replacement for Che Wan Jun for very obvious reasons. Uh, he tracked it down uh, at the warning track and, and jumped, made a leaping catch backhanded, crashed into the wall, uh, maintained possession of the ball, kind of twisted his arm in the air. Uh, the, ball, the, ball, the ball never dropped, hit the ground, hit the wall. Nothing happened that would have warranted it being a hit. Uh, so yeah, Hodeon came back, turned, turned to the uh, infield. Like he knew it was a catch and he, he basically just casually tossed it in. Uh, the umpire inexplic- inexplicably uh, decided that the ball came loose or hit the wall or something and uh, r- ruled uh, Jung-Hoo to be safe. He made it to second base. The problem was that Kia had already used two challenges earlier in the game. Uh, so they had no more reviews. So they couldn't challenge the play. So the ruling on the field stood. And uh, essentially, that's when the floodgates opened. Uh, as the both, both of you know, uh, KBO bullpens are all about momentum. And once the floodgates open and something bad happens, usually that snowballs into something really bad happening. And so instead of nobody on with two out, which it should have been, there was one on with one out. And then uh, Zhang gave up uh, a couple more hits. And then the, I think it was the number six hitter came up with uh, them trailing by, by two runs. And he, there were two guys on and he crushed, just crushed a meatball fastball right down the middle, just crushed it. Uh, to, to left field for a three-run homer. All of a sudden, a three-nothing uh, lead turned into a 4-3 deficit, uh, and that was it. He uh, came up in the ninth, uh, didn't score the tying run, uh, ball game, 4-3 for Kiwoom. So, yeah. obviously, uh, Kia fans and Kia players, especially Kim Ho-ryong, was, they were, he was devastated. He was in the dugout 
Yeah. And there was a classic shot of him being consoled, almost, he was almost in tears, being consoled yeah. by uh, Hong, the relief pitcher, saying, you know, it's okay, you'll be all right, type thing. It was just one of those emotional KBO moments yeah. uh, caught on camera, but uh, very, very frustrating from, from a Kia fan perspective, no doubt. It's kind of frustrating from a fan perspective in general because the umpires have been wildly inconsistent throughout the whole season. Yeah, mm. and, and don't get me started on the strike zone because <laughs> every night I'm watching and my buddy and I, uh, we, we, we literally message each other back and forth like, that was a strike, that, that was a strike. Uh, what, do you, what like Just complete ridiculousness. And as you guys know, the robots are, are in the Futures League now uh, giving assistance to the umpires. And if that project goes well for the rest of this year and the rest of next year, it could be as soon as 2022 where like the robot, not robots, but radar umpire uh, becomes a, a thing in the actual KBO. So Skynet I mean, will go live. Yes. So um. we'll see what happens, but so, yeah, so just just on just on sun, on Saturday's game, then that's not even a controversial call. That's a that's an appalling call that it can't go one way or another, like we're about to discuss for what happened on Sunday. We're all agreed that that was an appalling piece of officiating. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe the Tigers would have lost the game anyway. Who knows how it would have worked out? But um, I think we're all in agreement that that was terrible umpiring. Correct. It, it, it was a catch. There, there's like no, no debate in my opinion. It was, it was a clear catch. I think the umpire saw like half of the ball sticking out of his glove. Yeah. Um, a snow cone as we call it. But uh, the replay clearly showed that he maintain, maintained control, didn't hit the wall at all. Uh, and it was a catch and, and, and he blew it essentially. The umpire blew that call. Then I'm just going to lead you into end until Sunday, and uh, maybe I could, Matt, if you want to come in this one then as well. So, we're uh, you, you already mentioned there, Rob, that the the strike zone seems to be moving all over the place. Yesterday, I never, I mean, I've seen games like this before. It seems to be really bad yesterday with the inconsistency of um, balls that are called strikes and vice versa. Uh, the Tigers race into a six-three lead, and then it's six-four. We're into the bottom at the eighth, and they're still leading six-four. And the game is then tied um, off a wild pitch. Um, the game is tied, and there's a three-minute review. And as the rule is, um, if the decision can't be overturned after three minutes, the on-field decision um, must stick. And the on-field decision was that the runner was out at home plate. And the umpires then decided to call that as interference by the pitcher. So hmm. anything else you need to add into that, Matt? Well, um as it is, in terms of the timing, it definitely should have stood as the on-field decision. The rule was implemented because of last year not being consistent in terms of replay time. Some of them taking up into seven or eight minutes last year, I believe, for a couple of the calls to be overturned. Like I remember one of a, um, a Lotte game last season where it took like seven minutes to rule a ground rule double when it should have been a home run. But <laughs> wow. that's one for another day. It was that uh, weird stadium over in Ulsan where Lotte have like the yellow line further ahead than where the barricade is. It's a weird little stadium. I like it, but it's weird in design. But for yesterday's game, what ended up happening was the um, pitcher ran up to catch the ball. And like I get it. It's a bang-bang play. 
and it's one of those where you don't have time to really think about where you're going. But as far as my understanding, I'll preface this by saying I'm not an umpire. I am not trained as an umpire. This is my opinion from talking to people who are umpires. And that's basically saying the onus is on the catcher or whoever's making the play to give a base path or to give a run, a path that the guy can go to try to get to home plate. By him putting his foot there, before he'd got the ball in his possession, the guy sliding, I think it was Ungbin for Q, basically had to tuck his shoulder around the foot and ended up being called out because of it. Like, if that foot wasn't there, and instead it was on the front of home plate, as most catchers are trained to receive the ball before applying a tag now, if it was in that position, I don't think he applies the tag in time and he would have been called safe. So in terms of the review ruling that it was obstruction or obstructing the base path or blocking the play even, that's absolutely right. However, what Williams was going into was basically saying that because of the three-minute rule, you cannot then change the results. You cannot overturn the call because your time's expired. It's the league rule. And that's where him, I think he got into it with uh, Chesu on afterwards. The, I believe he was the crew chief for the home plate umpire and basically said, you cannot do that. You're breaking your own rule on a whim, basically. And I believe he was quoted as saying it was the best bit of umpiring he'd done all night after he got thrown out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Best yeah. That bit was, he'd done that in was the three quote. days. Yeah. And any, any, the, on the field, he, he walked up with the translator and he didn't scream or anything, but he clearly said three minutes has expired. Uh, the rule is if the three minutes expires, you can't overturn it. Uh, and that's it. And, and he looked at the umpire and he, he, he made the, the P in the air and he said, this game is now being played under protest. And, he, and, and the, the mics picked him up. It was great. They had the hot mic yeah. listening to the conversation and he said, this is the, the you, because you, you made the wrong decision again. And then he walked away and he said it again. He said, again, twice, because he was obviously <laughs> frustrated with, with the call the previous day. And yep. uh, two, two days in a row where uh, these plays both negatively impacted Kia and their chances, uh, obviously was very frustrating for, for manager, the manager, players, and obviously us as fans, being Kia fans, uh, really stunk. And yeah, that made it 6-6. Um, I thought, I thought Kiwin was going to win at that point, but then <laughs> in the top of the ninth, who came up? Andrew's favorite player, number 14, <laughs> Kim Gyu Sung with a career. I think he has one home run this year. He's, he's like a rookie. He's really young and he weighs about 130 pounds soaking wet. He's, he's, he's a twig and he promptly crushes one over the right field wall yeah. off of the, the Kiwum closer who had an ERA of like 0 0.74 or something for the yeah. season. And I think you mentioned he, he had only given up one other home run all year. Yeah, and that was to Ramos. Um, like to talk, the company that Kim Yo-sung has uh, somehow found himself in. Um, <laughs> so, well, again, we can have a quick chat about Key in a second, but are we, are we in agreement first off that the call is the correct one, that it's interference? 
But we absolutely side with Matt Williams in this, that if it's a three-minute rule, that's it. It doesn't matter what the call is. The rule exists so it can be followed. Like, ultimately, it was the correct call, but damn straight. Like, if the three minutes are up, that's it. You can't overturn it at that point. That's the rule. Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm not 100% certain on the interference call. And yesterday, I was very emotional and very against the call initially. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it would be uh, it would be blocking the play, I believe, as the yeah. call interference would be interfering um, my, with the guy trying point, to make the play. Yeah, my whole point was it's like where where else is the pitcher supposed to put his leg in that in that instant? Because he just ran quickly. He didn't plant his foot there intentionally. He just caught the ball, and that's where his leg was naturally. But uh, yeah, I do understand the point of if his leg wasn't there then, yeah, the guy would have been safe. So I guess I can concede the point, even though as a Kia fan yesterday, I was, I was not in favor of the, of the call. But, uh, yeah, the three-minute thing is, is not debatable. It's, it's a very simple, simple thing. Get the clock going and three minutes expires, move along. And, uh, yeah, it was very frustrating, obviously. Can we take a moment here real quick to acknowledge the closer for Kium, though? Have you guys seen his mugshot? He looks like a criminal, doesn't he? He looks very angry. Yeah, like his eyes look like that <laughs> super like lens flare in the back of the eyes at night, dark murder mystery killer. He yeah, looks yeah. like that guy. He looks like he's going to follow you and stab you in a dark alley. Yeah, yeah. I, I did notice that last night because I'm always on the app and looking at player profiles and stuff. And I, I saw his picture and thought the same thing that he looked, he, he might be the nicest guy in the world. We don't know, but his picture is, probably is, is, is. very thug-like for sure. Uh, who knows? Maybe that's part of like, even after that disastrous outing where he got a 54 ERA yesterday, but he's still at like a 1.18 for the season. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he's, he could be the guy yeah. that, that, that gets him, him with the addition of like Addison Russell. That could be the, the type of thing that sees him win a championship. This is a weird question I'm going to ask both of you because if you follow other sports, you do tend to see things like this, just say like in rugby and football. I'm guessing in, in hockey as well, uh, Rob, that when a, a call or a couple of bad calls go against a team, and these are really high-profile moments on Saturday and Sunday, do you think there's the possibility that subconsciously that the umpires who – are officiating the Tigers games on Tuesday and Wednesday might do their absolute best not to find themselves in a position like that. And the Tigers could inadvertently then pick up a couple of calls that maybe they shouldn't. Ooh, that's a really tough question. Um, Make up calls across games. Because, yeah, in, in theory, you want umpires to be neutral in all cases. But the reality is there's that human element where, I mean – the, the easiest example I can think of in hockey is when there's a debatable penalty called like a trip or something um, nine times out of 10, the next penalty against will, will go against, will against be called against the opposite team. Right. And it's sort of like a, like a, not a makeup call, but you know, the commentators are like, well, I guess, you know, the other team better watch out because they just got a, you know, a borderline penalty called for them. So they're probably going to get one called, against them yeah. uh, next, which, which often happens in, in hockey. But as far as baseball, it's, it's pretty tough to, to, to argue like, oh, in the next game with a different crew, they're going to you know, be on edge and, and try and give Kia 
you know, because the reality is, yeah, they got to remain independent. It's a different crew. So I don't think that's going to have any effect in, in series going forward. And I don't think it should either. Mm, sure. So from um, what I understand, if there's ever anything like um, a makeup call, it usually happens inside the game. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, Usually it's on just like strikes, like say it's on the corner of the zone and it's not given. They'll either not give one against the other pitcher in the same spot or they'll actually give a questionable strike later. Oh, that's a great point. That happens in the same at bat sometimes. I've seen it in an at bat where, you know, the first pitch is like, you know, uh, inside corner and should be a strike and they call it a ball. And then two pitches later, when it's a two and one count, there's like a, a pitch outside corner that's even further outside and they'll call it a strike to make it 2-2 instead of 3-1. I've seen that dozens of times where in the same at bat, you're like, oh, that that strike was worse, wasn't as close as the other one that was called a ball. So anyway. <laughs> um, indeed. So, okay, let's let's just have a quick chat here with um, with Brad. With, sorry brad with uh rob about a couple of a couple of points here so how dare you call me brad is that i know well, it's a compliment replacing one canadian contributor to grand sam kbo with another um <laughs> so on on tuesday uh the tigers blow a 6-3 lead in the ninth and eventually lose in 10 against the lg twins friday they're leading after six and then amazingly lose 10-4. Saturday, as we discussed, a 3 nothing lead in the eighth is evaporated in the same inning and go on to lose 4-3 um, with some contribution there from the umpires. And then on Sunday, a 6-3 lead is blown. Um, and then almost an 8-6 lead is blown as well. And I'm pretty sure when during the conversations we have throughout the season, up until perhaps a month ago, even less than that, we used to always say um, Pak Chung-pyo, uh, John Sang-yeon, and then Mung-yeon Chan before he left. The Kia Tigers have probably had the best one, two, three to come out of a bullpen. And now every single pitcher that comes out of the bullpen, no matter where it is, at what point it is in the game, um, they all look like at this point that they could uh, throw, throw the game for the Tigers. Yep, that's the thing. Uh, early in the season, uh, the bullpen was was their strength. And as you just mentioned, the big three, Moon Gyung Chan was rolling. He had 10 saves, that ERA of her under two. Uh, Jun Sang Hyun and uh, Jun Pyo, they were the two setup guys. They were both rolling. And the starting pitchers were, were, also, were also going deeper into games at that point as well. So as the season's gone on, uh, Jun Pyo is now hurt, which doesn't help. Moon Gyung Chan, his struggles are obvious. He, he had those three or four meltdowns and obviously got traded to NC. And so now Jun has moved into the closer's role. And for the most part, he's been good. I mean, he had a tough week um, with the, the meltdown on Tuesday. And then he struggled again. I think it was on Friday. So he had a couple of tough appearances this week. But overall, his numbers are still very, very solid. But the injury to Jun Pyo has really hurt. And the fact that the starters, um, some of the starters have regressed as well. Like Gagnon isn't p- pitching as deep into games anymore. Uh, you can't really count on Minu for anything <laughs> at this point. He's, I mean, he had a quality start, I think, two, yeah. two starts ago, which was surprising. But for the most part, uh, he, doesn't, 
he hasn't been doing very well lately. Uh, Yang seems to be turning the corner, hopefully. Brooks is awesome. Uh, Imgi Young had a great outing the other day, but he's been pretty inconsistent recently. So if the starting pitching is struggling, then that obviously spills over and the, the bullpen becomes overworked. Um, and then fatigue becomes a factor. And then, yeah, the bullpen, as a result, has, has struggled a lot more recently. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much all you can say other than um, there has been that one bright spot, that really young kid who's like not even 19 years old. What's his hey name? Young. Yeah, hey young. Yeah, he, he's come out of nowhere and, yeah. and quietly put together a very, very strong rookie season. And uh, I'm not sure if his role is going to be in the bullpen or if they might try to transition him into a starter eventually. But he looks like he's, he's the real deal and, and a very, very pleasant surprise that came out of nowhere. Like, I didn't know anything about him until – yeah. Like a few weeks ago, and I'm like, hey, this kid's pitched like 15 games, and his ERA is one and a half or something. Yeah. So nice to see him uh, doing well. So that's the – we'll get on to the Hall of Fame now in a second. That's the, the, the bullpen and the pitching in general. Um, another major issue for the Tigers all season has been injuries, especially with the infield. Uh, oh, dear. In and Ruja um, Yak, the guy that they tra uh, traded for from the, the Doosan Bears. Uh, Ichang Jin, who should be their starting center fielder and leadoff batter, is also out. They all seem to have the same injuries, too. I'm sure leg, leg injuries, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, yesterday, recently on, on Mike ABO, we've, we've had plenty of discussion on uh, first base, second base, third base, and shortstop, whoever they put in these days. Actually, oddly enough, yesterday on Sunday, all four starters were not, all four infield um, starters were not actually too bad in the end. But for me, I, I always kind of thought the Tigers would finish seventh or eighth before the season started. And I think ultimately that's where they'll finish as well. Um, if the key, if Kia are short of one or two players due to injury, there's very, very little for them to fall back on. And we're that's, really beginning yeah. to see that at the moment. That's, that's the thing. Uh, their lack of depth uh, in their infield has been very much exposed this year because uh, Kim Sun Bin has been hurt seriously hurt like this is the third time he's been on the disabled list um for an extended period of time and the two primary backups are gyu song and the the other guy i forget his name but uh they're both batting like well under 200 i think gyu song may be creeping a little bit closer to 200 now based on a couple of hits yesterday but there were there was a point a couple of weeks ago where Gyusung would start and he was batting like 172 or something. And then they'd bring in the other guy to pinch it who was hitting 168. Like they were identical, <laughs> like identical hitters who would do nothing. So the, yeah, the, the depth at second, they have no backup second baseman that can contribute offensively. Yeah. Sung's been great. When he, when he plays second base, uh, Kim Gyusung has been fantastic. He's made some really nice plays at second, but then they tried him at shortstop a couple of times and that just did not go well at all. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Pak Joon-ho, I mean, he's remained healthy, but <laughs> he's, he's a career 234 hitter who's currently batting about 234. <laughs> like, this is, this is all we're going to get from Chan ho is, is about a, you know, a 230 average with uh, a spectacular play in the second inning and then he'll, he'll boot a routine ground ball in the fifth inning type thing. Um, so it's always an exciting drama with him. Third base, obviously, there's been a giant hole because Ebom Ho retired last year. 
and they didn't properly plan a succession from him. Uh, so uh, they, they tried to get the, uh, the ex-Kiwoom guy. He, he had his shot at the start of the year. That was a disaster. Um, and then you looked like he had some potential, but like he got hurt, what, like three games or four games into his Kia yeah. career. He suffered that massive leg muscle tear, and he's been out for – for uh, a couple of months now. So yeah, the infield is frustrating. I mean, and then first base, Yumin Song started out the year well over 300, but his average is down into the 260s right now yeah. with with four home runs and about 40 RBIs, which is, you know, better than I can do, but I mean, it's it's just not getting the job done. You need some legitimate production out of your first baseman and uh they haven't gotten quite enough. Uh that's that's for sure. So yeah, yeah, we could. I think we just talked about this for ages and ages. And like the catching situation isn't very good either. And then they they have trouble then with with um, center field because um, it's a change in as their who should be their their center fielder, but he's out injured. And uh, Horong might be a really good fielder, but he's he's not a good batter. There's, there's, there are problems all over that that uh, roster, and that's why I still think they're going to come up short now in the end. Um, when, once the music stops, I, I still see them finishing probably in seventh spot, unfortunately. Um, last point well, on the Tigers end before we move on. Uh, Matt Williams, it's the first time we've ever seen a foreign manager with the Kia Tigers. Um, they tend to review a lot of stuff in the games. We were talking about this before we came on the air earlier on. And that's one thing that, that seems to have changed from previous seasons. And then the other one is the amount of trades that the Tigers were involved in this year. Do you think that is... Um, do you think Williams is anything like his his past uh, life in, in Major League Baseball has got anything to do with that, or is is this solely to do with the general manager? That's that's a great question that I don't know the answer to because I don't know if Williams has any influence uh, with the general manager or not. Um, that's sort of a Kia insider thing because some baseball teams the manager will have a lot of power. Uh, with regards to the roster and if he wants changes uh, and a good relationship with the, with the general manager to pull those trades. Whereas other teams, uh, it's a very big separation. The manager just manages or the coaches coaches, I guess. And the, the general manager uh, is the one who does all the, the trades. So um, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> basically, Oftentimes, you and I know this, Kia should probably just hold off on some of those trades because <laughs> the one example that we have from last year is when they traded Lee Byung-gi, a, a career like 295 hitter, who's you know usually at the top of the NC lineup now, still batting 300. They traded him for, what's his name, Usung? Yeah, Usung, yeah. Who, who's batting like, like, I'm not kidding, he's batting zero... 43 or something for the season with the Tigers yeah. with like no home runs and sits on the bench or goes down to the minors and, yeah. and, you know, has some production in the futures league, but big deal. So that, that trade was just mo a monumental failure for Kia. Yeah. Even though, you know, Tucker has taken over in right field and, and Najee Wan uh, has had a great bounce back season in left field. Um, you'd love to see Myungi's bat in that lineup. Yeah. Um, you know, slapping singles and, and getting on base and, and and that kind of thing so yeah let's just let's just slow down on the trades here Kia there's there's no need to <laughs> to break up the the roster and 
give up good players for for guys that that often that's the thing they often have like a good series against Kia and then they get which is what happened with Usong and they'll uh they'll just trade for him and say oh this guy must be really great and turns out not so much not so much um great stuff thanks very much for all that uh Rob your uh your your thoughts around the Kia Tigers it's time for KBO Grandson KBO Hall of Fame Matthew who won last week well with a resounding response from the MyKBO Facebook page. If you are not a fan of it, go there and join it. Many, many people on that page saw sense. And uh, uh, I'll go through the runners-up first. Give me a second real quick to load it up. I don't want to get my numbers wrong. I do know that it's a landslide victory for me at the very least. <laughs> I felt like that was coming. It was pretty obvious based on the build-up. <laughs> yeah. But wait, wait, so, um, choice though. Oh, God. Is it, it's doing that thing where it's not going to load quickly? Tragedy ah. for you. Tragedy. I know. I guess we'll never know the result. But uh, we do know that a resounding winner, last I checked, it was 25 to 7 to 3, was the trash bags for the Lotte Giants. Oh, no. That was the winning yeah. thing? Dreadful. Oh, yes. Oh, for shame, my KBO fans. My, for shame. I used to the, ruthlessly uh, mock those. I, I, I thank my lucky stars. I just didn't end up in Busan and have to wear those garbage bags in the eighth inning as a, as a Lotte fan. They and do I ended keep up in the Guangzhou. stadium very clean afterwards, though. That is true. That is, that is a good point. But, uh, yeah, was was never, never a fan of, of the garbage bags egg on the head for sure to be fair i i don't think that that was ever the intention of the team it was just something that the fans did out of sheer lunacy like, so, we, of, oh we've been given this to clean up what can we do with it for like two and a half innings i know a little too much uh soju uh in the stadium back in the day and uh the result was was the the garbage bag hat i guess yep I'll, i just love the way though that female fans will like take such delicate care to fold it and then just rip it in half and then wear it as like dragon wings on their head as well. <laughs> so yeah, the um, runner-up for that was Jiho Yu's choice of... I got three um, votes. ...of Felix Jose going berserk and throwing the bat in the stands when uh, I believe it was a Samsung fan ended up throwing a water bottle at him. Yeah. A uh, quick addendum to last week when we were talking about Jose's going berserk. It was Jose Cabrera during an SK and Samsung game that ended up running through the Wyverns dugout into the Samsung dugout and continuing the brawl. Oh. Where, like, I think some of the team benches were brandished as shields against him. The good old days of, of, of KBO. Um, what did I nominate that only got three votes again? I don't know. Probably wasn't important. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> but I, some of the decision making regards to the Hall of Fame has been a disaster. When I, I nearly lost out on the four for ten special in the, the convenience store when Ga Brad games picked... on Sunday was what you picked. What? Two p.m. starts on Sundays. Oh no, Brad picked that a couple of weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I, I nearly lost out in the four for 10 because Brad chose the sole subway system and then didn't my KBOs. Well, I guess now we can understand why my KBO wasn't voted if they're going to keep uh, giving 27 votes to 
garbage bags on heads. So. Uh, I, I believe yours, it, I'm looking at it here. It says the KBO schedule for August was oh, yeah. your, your thing. Ah, that's the one. I, I knew was, it was something to do with scheduling. I thought that was a good one. All right, so we might as well let our, our guest uh, go first. Rob Smith, what is your nomination for Grand Slam KBO Hall of Fame? Well, uh, this is my first time on the show, and I'm a, I'm a Kia fan, as everyone knows, so I have to do a Kia connection. And uh, I've been ranting and raving about this for the last couple of months and uh so i have to give a shout out to our boy pak chan ho and i'm gonna nominate uh let's go with his his long flowing hair uh for the kbo hall of fame because uh it's legendary and as you know we see it every game because his helmet is three sizes too big uh which is clearly intentional because he wants to show off that beautiful hair for for the ladies so I'm going to nominate uh, Pak Chan Ho's hair for, for the Hall of Fame. What kind of conditioner do you think he uses? Like he's that probably, stuff he's is prob- way too he's shiny. Probably working towards an endorsement deal as we speak, for sure. <laughs> he's got to be batting better than 238 to get an endorsement deal, but um, there's probably some <laughs> merit in what you're saying. Um, so <laughs> Pak Chan Ho's hair is, is the nomination from Rob Smith. <laughs> for Hall of Fame. Uh, you could have picked a few things with him. Those, those tight pants that he wears or the helmet um, or the fact that we did try to make him captain last season because he had a run of form for about four months. And, uh, That's right. He was so good for the first <laughs> couple of months last year. It was like well over 300. Mm-hmm. I remember praising him on, on, the, on the sports segment that I do saying, this is like my new favorite Tiger. He's like a young leader. He's up and coming. And then he just... We're never going to lose again. After the All-Star game, he just crashed. His average, like, tanked the second half of the year. And we all know we all know how he's done this year. That's for sure. Did he get voted into that All-Star team? No. He uh, I don't know if he was an All-Star last year. That's a good question. I don't he, know. He was, a ca- he was a captain's pick last year, or the coach's pick, whatever they call it. Uh, he wasn't okay. actually voted in. Nothing um, left to prove then. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, Pak Chano's hair. Uh, Matthew. Mine. And as you can see, for these two guys, I've basically had a spinning gif of the worlds going on, of the world basically on fire for me the entire time. And uh, the reason for that is, my pick is oversized baseballs. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What's the justification? Of the team mascots that are the size of your face that you can buy in the team stores. I've got my one here for the Lotte Giants with the Lotte mascot on it and the big G that they used to have for their logo. I've got this with even one of the little plinth stands that they give you that if you turn it upside down, it looks like it could be like one of the things that the judge slams their gavel onto. Oh, nice. It's one of those beautiful little display pieces that no true KBO fan should be without. Oversized baseballs. <laughs> Get yours signed today. <laughs> Fair enough. Good choice. <laughs> All right, Andrew, Andrew what's yours? Um, Matthew, can I ask you to share this, to allow me to share the screen? I can show you guys when I go into pick. Oh, you've got a thing as well. There you go. Thank props. you. Props. I didn't know there were props involved in this um, podcast. I'm going with celebrity uh, ceremonial first pitches by celebrities in the KBO, especially this oh. one here. Oh, which okay. yeah, well, of course you're showing this one. <laughs> of course. So, oh, that's will, not the one I thought it would have been. 
Well, there's a the numerous choice. So there's a great video that Danny Kurtz put up on my KBO, um, the, the, <laughs> his website, Clara Shinsuji, and that was by Tami, who apparently is a, taekw- as a Korean uh, taekwondoist and actress. And I'm, because a lot of those uh, celebrity first pitches are pretty bad. You'll see people throwing them into the turf or nearly, nearly hitting the batter on the head. But for some reason, Dusan seemed to go through this spell a number of years ago where the people throwing the pitches will be doing absolutely ludicrous, um, uh, I don't know, dances or, or flicks and jumps and stuff. Like, like, for example, this one here, which is coming up on our screen. This, this, is, this is one this of my is the, This is the one I thought you were going to do, Suji the gymnast. Yeah. So um, I, I think um, ceremonial first pitches are absolutely terrible. It was funny when they got Moon Jae-in to do it before the, the Tigers uh, Tucson game in 2017. I think if you're going to do it, uh, a politician perhaps. Um, I don't know, maybe not even a politician, but uh, I, f- I find them kind of ridiculous. But the KBO ones tend to be pretty funny, though. You never really know what you're going to get when those people uh, go up onto the pitcher's mound to throw that ball. Yeah, the, the uh, former US ambassador, ambassador Lippert threw out a couple of good pitches before. Mm. They should do the oversized it's... baseball that, that Matt is nominating as well. Oh, throw one of these things. Just dodgeball it towards the catcher. With one of those giant oversized plastic bats as well. <laughs> oh, that would be like, brilliant. Look like a cartoon, for sure. Did <laughs> um, a bug's bunny go in there. Superb stuff, guys. Thanks um, for your time. Before we let you go, uh, Rob, we'll, we'll probably get you on the show again towards the end of the season when... Uh, Pak Jun Ho is batting three ten, and the Tigers come from nowhere to finish in second spot. That that will be recorded and and played back later in the season, I'm sure. That little quote right there. <laughs> um, so before we let you go, uh, from a from a Tigers point of view, on the road this week, um, up in Seoul and Incheon, Doosan away, SK Wyverns away, before finally hosting the KT Wiz ahead of the table. This looks like a, a type of a, a weak series, six games that could uh, very well decide their faith for the rest of the season. Yeah. I, I think they might. I think they'll come out of that with, with one or two wins at most. I mean, if if they can go, if they can go three and three this week, I'd be reasonably satisfied. Um, like if they can split all three series. Um, who's who's starting tomorrow? Mino. Uh, oh, so it's a two-star two week for Minu, so that definitely darkens their chances of success <laughs> right there. <laughs> Might have to alter my prediction from three and three to two and four now. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, Minu, Minu in Jamshil is not a good combination. Yeah. Uh, Brooks just started yesterday, so he's going to go probably on Saturday at home against KT, yeah. which means Yang will go Friday. Uh, against uh, SK, so they should win that one. So yeah, two or three wins. I, I'm, I mean, if they can get three wins, I'll be pretty happy this week. Let's let's, let's leave it at that. Okay. Um, yeah, not, it's not looking too promising. And then just for yourself, Matt, um, your team are definitely hitting a bit of form at the right time. SK Wyverns at home, then Akeem Heroes at home before oh they're home all week are they and then the Hanwha Eagles at home oh, what, a, what a great week for the, the Lotte Giants potentially yeah if they don't potentially go, um, if they don't, if they don't, wins, if they don't put away five wins this week 
like four I could see with Kiyum maybe knocking him off in the midweek, but I don't see any scenario where Lotte don't put away four or potentially five this week. Four, four and two is doable for sure. Mm. I'll be optimistic and say five. It's their chance to stake their claim for a playoff berth. Yeah, might as well. This is the last um, round of action for the month of August, which has been a brutal month if you're a Tigers fan. But anyway, um, Rob Smith, thank you for joining us in Grand Slam KBO, your debut. Um, My pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a great time. Great chat. I love talking baseball. So uh, thanks for inviting me. Appreciate it. Problem. We'll we'll have a, we'll have a word with you again sometime in the, the future, maybe before the season is done. Um, Matt, enjoy the baseball for the rest of this week. As we were again, I'm sorry, we probably should mention this, but there was a uh, a possibility that there might even be any baseball to watch into September if the COVID nineteen cases do not um, start to go down in Korea. And uh, Daniel Kim on. Uh, Twitter was talking about this today. So this is a really big week for um, this, the, the KCDC over here. And then because of that too, obviously the KBO. Yeah, fingers crossed the numbers. Uh, they dropped off yesterday from the day before. There was, I think, mm. around 400 cases two days ago. And I think it was under 300 yesterday. So uh, a sort of a bright light. Um, but again, yeah, we'll hopefully, hopefully the numbers continue to stabilize and decrease for the rest of the week because uh it's definitely wasn't heading in the right direction as of a few days ago yeah the number's still going to increase for a couple of days if not the sheer volume of increase it'll probably stick around the 300 hopefully and not explode from there but um a lot of that's down to that one guy at the protest basically telling people not to pay for things with cards and pay with cash and to turn off their phones so that they'd be hard to trace. Like that has not helped the effort at all. My goodness. I didn't even know about that. That's, that's crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah, There's a thing about it in the, um, the newspapers online right now. If anyone wants to find it, I'm not going to name it because of libel laws in Korea, but it's easy enough to search and find sure. online. Mm. Well, on that uh, depressing note, um, great stuff, gentlemen. <laughs> have, a, have a lovely week. Uh, whatever baseball is on, hopefully it stays on. Watch it all. And uh, take care. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Mm-hmm.